0: We've created our own micro economies of the things that matter because our countries have failed to do the work that we as humans want done on the planet, the things that we want our money going towards. So we're gonna do them ourselves and create full economies around them, not use them as you know endless charities that money dumps into.
1: Welcome to another episode of Curated. I'm Tyler and I'm here with Savvy. On today's show, we had Cheryl Kelland, CEO of Angel Labs. Angel Labs is a 10 week accelerator for experienced operators launching NFT enabled businesses.
2: Last month, they launched their first cohort. 297 companies applied, out of which only 16 were selected. In this episode, we talk about the criteria, the companies, what they're building, the learning of going through the 297 applications and all the cool stuff happening in the space. I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. When you were evaluating these companies, and um, there's probably so much hair. Oh, man, I can't even imagine going <laughs> to 187 applicants. Uh, <laughs> yes, probably. But I would love to know how you thought about that. How did you guys yep. approach that? Um,
0: yeah, so so we had 297 applications um, over two weeks. And understand, I thought we were going to get 70 And, you know, Meta Angels promised, oh, if you have an angel or you are borrowing a Meta Angel, you'll definitely get a first round interview. So, again, I thought, oh, maybe we'll have to do 30 of these or 40. Um, So what I was really thinking during that two weeks is, oh, my gosh, this is the worst job in the world. I love founders and love talking to founders. But, I mean, we're talking, you know. 10 minute calls back to back to back for days straight. I think we did 40, 60 hours of company interviews. It was exhausted and annihilated. Um, but the framework we went in looking with them all is um, sort of the first pass of, do you have to use an NFT to do this, right? Cause you know, our business model for this first cohort is it's experienced operators with real businesses that are somehow enabling those businesses with NFTs. Um, And so that first pass was, do you really need to use an NFT for this? Um, The second pass was, is there a real business underneath this? And, you know, I'm going to differentiate a business from an NFT project. And NFT projects are amazing. They're a showcase for artists. They're raising money from things. But I'm a traditional startup person. um, And I have a vision for this space, right? And I have a chance to put a little put a little mark on the space with that vision. So I was definitely looking for stuff that had a, had a business underneath them. And then the third criteria we looked at, I mean, obviously is the founders. We wanted, I would say half of our founders are repeat founders, um, but they are all super knowledgeable about their area, super passionate about their business. I, I evaluated them the same way you would evaluate founders on Y Combinator or Techstars you know, does this founder have an earned secret? And is there something about this business that really is their mission and they're going to go to the mat for it long term? That was, you know, that was our framework. Um, I would say within that, you know, is this a real business? We looked a little bit more holistically. It's not just do they have an NFT, but how are they using that asset of the NFT? How are they using other things that are part of Web3? Like democratization of ownership, you know? Um, community community involvement and control, just the dynamic data nature of an NFT. So we looked deeper into some of those Web three components there, because then we thought we'd get unique solutions and unique businesses.
2: And and while you were looking there, how many of them, like if you were to make a guess, were like just NFT for the sake of an NFT?
0: There were a lot. Um, so here's I'm going to be really honest with this. There, there were a lot. Yeah. I saw five coral reef projects. We saw four or five tarot card projects. Um, a lot of a lot of artists, a lot of folks wanting to sell their kids art. Um, and I had a worry going into that. I mean, there were companies we talked to that we knew, you, you guys aren't going to make, we knew, right? Out of 297, we knew they weren't going to make the cut. Um, and I had a little bit of discomfort from that at the start. I'm like, are we giving them false hope? Um The most amazing and surprising thing to me that came out of it that I didn't expect and like this was just so wonderful is that we got so many positive comments afterwards about the process. And what I wasn't really appreciating was that 15-minute interview was a chance for the founder to think through their business better and explain it clearly of what they were trying to do and who they were trying to do it for. And I think the sentiment we got back from the market was, yeah, I didn't make the cut, but I'm stronger for it. I'm going to, I'm clearer on what I'm doing with this business. I have met a community of other founders in the process and we're going to make these projects happen no matter what, which is the best thing about it. That's why I love founders. They're going to do it no matter what. Um, And that's a piece I didn't expect and I loved it. But it makes, um, it makes I hated saying no to so many. It was terrible.
2: Yeah, but it makes sense though, right? It's, it's with YC as well. Like uh, they they always say like, you know, with filling out the application, you learn that that's the whole point of their application is to filter out. Mm-hmm. But also You learn yes. as a founder. You learn. That you haven't really asked yourself, right? Like, and, yep. and it makes you ask these deep questions, which is actually makes sense. I, I can totally see how that happened. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it did. I think it made them ask deeper questions. I think there's going to be a whole, I, I think there's going to be whatever, you know, Two hundred ninety-seven minus sixteen, right? 280 businesses and two hundred and eighty projects that are launched that are stronger.
2: Yeah, and, and, and better you know, because of the process. Also, like it's like you know this is the first cohort, right? And and these people are so early in the sense that if they are builders, by the time you know the space evolves, and if they keep on persistent and keep on learning, getting better, they would have so much advantage over any new founder coming in because. You're just learning how you know the building for web
0: three. Yep. Oh, absolutely, it was a win for every single one of them. I mean, think of how brave you have to be to go through that application and do that interview. Like and we had we kept we kept pretty US centric hours on those interviews, right? I and mean, we needed to sleep and feed our families and stuff, even though we were talking to companies all day. So we had founders on the phone at, you know, two AM their time, at four in the morning their time. So just, I mean, what they came to the mat with, like every day was like exhausting, but so exhilarating. Um, and there's some amazing founders in there. And I expect to see a lot of them back if, you know, we go into the second rev of this and they're going to come back with, with stronger businesses for sure.
2: Makes sense. Um, what what were some of the obvious things? Like, I mean, the way I look at it, this was like user testing on your behalf, right? In your part, right? <laughs> basically, basically talking to, if you think about it, it's like you were... <laughs> You know, Angel Labs is a startup in a sense, right? And, and you're like basically talking to your users, which are your cohort, which are your uh, companies for your cohort. Yep. And, and you're doing user testing because you're trying to understand where the market is at. Like, how are these founders thinking? What were some of the obvious things that you saw will happen in the future based on data or looking or, or chatting with people? I mean, uh,
0: that's a really good question. I don't know if we saw, there were certain business models we were hoping to get come in. Um, I mean, anyone that looks at my Twitter feed knows, you know, I wear, I wear my heart on my, my feed, right. You know, the kind of businesses I'm looking for. I was really hoping we had an IP NFT business in there. I really like tokenization of timeshare. And we had a few that were close on that front, um, are business models. I would want to see some that we saw that wasn't quite the right team at the right stage or ones that were, we're going to cultivate for, you know, potentially future cohorts, um, I don't know if we so much saw the future. What we did, though, is find founders that had a problem that they, they were fixated on solving that now within the cohort are finding the future. If you think when we did interviews right back in April, we were coming off a really strong bull market. Everyone was like, 10,000 PFP, 10,000 PFP. This is what we're doing. We're going to mint out. It's going to be awesome. We're going to build it all on Web3. That mood and tone from end of March, beginning of April is very different now. I will say there was a few companies that came in saying they were doing a 10,000 PFP that aren't doing them anymore. They're doing something different. Same mission. They've taken a step back and said, oh, wait, there's a smarter, better way to do this. And they're inventing new models. So I think we're seeing more new stuff happen within the cohort than we saw coming in the application pool. We saw amazing founders coming on the application pool.
2: Makes sense. Uh, Does
0: that makes sense.
2: Yeah. No. Definitely. You know what's interesting, by the way, just while you were saying this, it really occurred to me, is that in a, in a way, you're actually, you guys are actually building not even just a uh, incubator, but you guys are basically a market maker. Because if you think about it, uh, as the protocols evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they would. Where do you find the filtered founders? The app. Everyone's applying as an application process in this in this in this community in this. Web3 community is so hard to find where are the founders, right? Separating between founders and and call it like, you know, quick flips or like creators or like call it like, you know, mm-hmm. right? You The application yep. process is a filter on who really is building from a founder mindset. So if any yep. company is looking for builders or like hiring for their protocols or whatever, mm-hmm. you guys have this really interesting edge. I think that it will keep on building as, as the applications keep rolling in, which is a really interesting
0: I I absolutely think that's true. Um, and, you know, in in future cohorts, we would like to be able to um, diversify our business model, right? Right now, we are taking a percent of Mint. And that is pure. It's a product of two things. It was a product of, you know, the immediate expertise the Meta Angels team came in with, right? A massively successful Mint. Awesome. We've learned a bunch of lessons that we can help these new companies with. But also, I mean, honestly, the, the more practical lenses hey, we're a startup, we wanna to get to market quickly, we wanna test and iterate, we, what is our you know, minimal valuable product? We have so much that we can structure around this cohort, but we needed a, a monetization model. Yep. And Percent to Mint brings cash in immediately so then we can sort of ground the program and grow and expand it in a way that if we took a percent of tokens or did an equity investment, you know, we didn't have even an equity pool, but that that wouldn't have allowed so to your point of you know we are a great filter for the protocols of real founders that is absolutely true and i think you know down the road we become more so as that as we can diversify our business model and can take companies that have an nft component or that have a token component or that have just picks and shovels of web3 yeah
2: um connecting people like people like who other founders to good projects yeah it makes a lot of sense that's very interesting very interesting way to look at it it makes sense to me because one of the biggest problems we see even in our company, is hiring right? That's the biggest thing. It's like, how do you find mm-hmm. people in the space, right? Yep. And and I think it's a really interesting thing with uh, yep. you're filtering out for that.
0: I mean, the thing I wanted to add because your your point was a really good one. I don't know if I had really you know thought of it in terms of you know a market maker for founders, but I think that's very true. We took that responsibility really seriously. Um, we took a really concerted effort during that crazy only two week period. To go out and make sure we found founders from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a ton of work. I mean, all you see in the front is tweets. There was a ton of work going on behind the scenes to reach into different communities communities, you know, two, three, four layers removed from any of our immediate communities, a lot of times, or just go deeper, you know, into our communities so we could really get a super diverse pool of applicants. And that was important because, again, I mean, more diverse pool of applicants, more diverse pool of founders, you're going to get the cream at the top um, and a wider range of ideas and approaches.
2: Makes
0: sense. Um, And that paid off. And I hope that actually is part of what becomes the defining thing about Angel Labs. It's not just like we've got this great filter for founders, but we invested from day one to create this amazingly diverse founder pool. Yeah, it's and like, that will be a pipeline
2: that pays off. Yeah, it's like YC alumni network, right? I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like I'm a YC alumni. The biggest, the mm-hmm. biggest, the biggest thing about YC is not that three month program. Like, sure, that was helpful, but the yep. actual thing that keep, that you that you keep in life is like the alumni network because you can reach out to any founder yep. in different, no matter who you are, which 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 um, um, which category of your business is in, or, you know, or, or like mm-hmm. where in your life you are, and and you can just find somebody who has been there, done that, and it helps you save time, right? Uh, which I think as yes. you build, that will really help. That will build as you go, as you said, especially with different yep. all around the world with people in Web3 space, and these are builders. So I can totally see what you mean, like,
0: in yep. that as well. I think, you know, where YC and Techstars dropped the ball early on is they didn't make, they didn't put enough priority on working really hard to pull in a diverse pool of applicants. So their first, you know, first years and cohorts of founders, a lot of them all look the same and we're from the same places. Yeah. Um, I went through Techstars in 2017 and there were, I don't know, 10, 12 companies in my cohort and only one of them besides mine had a a female on the founding team. Um, and I was the only team there that was majority female. I mean, think about that. If you set that precedent for the first few years, who's getting referred in? and who feels like they fit in that culture and who can you attract in to apply, you've automatically narrowed your scope. Um, and that concerted effort, I think we made up front to build a really broad pool. I mean, you see it in our cohort, the diversity stats on our cohort, that's what's going to pay off for us year after year. And no one can catch us on that.
2: That's a very interesting point. So so let me see if I was correct. What you're saying is basically, example would be, let's say, you know, like if you have uh, one of your companies a saw with like, you know, Going after the african market one of us like in latin market so what kind of what you're saying is like mm-hmm. basically as you're kind of getting people or companies in different diff, like you know like cpg company versus like you know um philanthropic company like you know different kind yeah. of things as they as as they kind of it kind of opens up ideas for other people in that space to say, oh if they get selected we can too and that kind of goes grows that way is that what you're saying
0: Uh, I'm saying both dimensions. I'm saying the dimensions of the type of companies that will bring us into different verticals and different markets and the dimensions of founder identity that will bring us into different markets. I mean, 60% of my cohort has female founders. What that means for my pipeline of applicants next time and the time after that and the time after that, I'm going to get disproportionately, I'm going to get better ones. And I know that, you know, from my own hiring experience through my career. This is the place the best female founders in Web3 are gonna to wanna to go because 'cause they're like, hey, this place supports me. They're giving me what I need. Someone told me about it. I have a I have a I have a connection in. I have a reference in. It's
2: like setting the company culture. All this setting a company culture basically yep. is kind of what we built. Very, yep. very cool.
1: I, yep.
0: Like, My recruiting job's gonna be that much easier.
2: <laughs> that makes sense.
1: One uh, question that I had before we like dive into the company. So after that 10 minute um initial video a phone call, yep. what, what does the application process look like?
0: Yep. So we did um, a 10 minute screen on everyone that made first round interviews. And those were the companies, you know, we really liked and the founders we really liked, plus anyone, you know, anyone that wasn't in that group that had was holding a meta angel. Um, so we did those first round interviews, we boiled it down to I will say, gosh, maybe 35. And then we did slightly longer final round interviews. They're about 15, 20 minutes. And the meta angels team was involved in those. Wow. Just so we could get, you know, a separate view on them. Um, at the end of the day, it was great. When I, you know, when I took when I took the role, the agreement was at the end of the day, you know, me and my team selected the companies. So it was super to have their perspectives and their hard questions. Um, and it was also super that. At the end of the day, I was allowed to pick companies, and there were a few that they were like, hmm, "Really, Cheryl?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's go. We're making a bet on this one." Um, so it was a great, it was a great collaborative process.
2: Hey, you know, you know what's kind of it's actually funny. You said, you know, really, Cheryl. Uh, I remember this is like story, real true story with um, with RYC company, and uh, later two years after, I actually went and asked our partner, "Why did you guys select us? Because we didn't think we should have been selected," <laughs> and, <laughs> and or or. I don't know how, how this actually came about but it was something along the lines of they use this in their example one of their examples for other for like their their uh, criteria criteria selectors people basically and the uh-huh. reasoning was apparently we were one of those companies where they believe 99% they're going to zero but well, there's a 1% <laughs> there's a 1% chance that they might if they, if they do win it's going to be a unicorn so i think it was that mentality where you're taking, you are taking, they were te- taking yeah. these big shots that hey this is the idea is crazy but yep. if it works, it will change. But if it doesn't work, it's probably gonna to go to zero. And it if be, be fund enough of those ideas that one pays off for everything, right?
0: Yep. And sometimes you see it in the founder too, right? You're like, and, and I'm not saying this on anyone in my class, right? But the, like you see them, you're like, you are a founder, I will bet on a hundred times over. This, that's not really the idea. Yep. It, it, it's not this one, but you're gonna learn something from it. And next one's gonna be the time. Um, and I feel like I can say that because, like, at my first startup, I was that founder. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, my bet on her all day." This is not the company, though. This isn't the one.
2: Yep. So that makes. Sense. So I can
0: appreciate that, and you got to, you know, you got to take, um, you got to take those bets. So <laughs> it was a super process. You
2: got to risk it get um, the biscuit, right? Uh, yep,
0: yep. <laughs> I think the other filter on it, you know, in that, I mean, think about our business model, right? Our business model is percent of mint. Hmm. Um, so. From a optimization standpoint, it would be natural to say, hey, we're just going to pick the companies that we think are going to have the biggest, most successful mints. Um, we did not use that filter on these companies. We went for founder and idea. Yep. And I know there's some companies in the cohorts that will have very tiny mints and some that will have big, awesome ones. And not because success of failure of the project, but actually because of the nature of the project. Yep it's just a smaller project um and i wanted to make sure we made our decisions independent of that because again we're building for the future makes what do sense. we want in pipeline what do we want in business model what what impact do we want to make on the space yeah to how the technology should be used
2: makes um, sense actually you know what it's an interesting question I, and i i'm really curious to get your thoughts on this because i've been thinking about this quite a bit and because you come from a web2 uh, entrepreneurial background um what I,
0: I'm web one, baby. I go all the way back. Well,
2: well, well, well I was very young at that point. so <laughs> uh, I
0: sold the company to AOL back in the day. Wow, I'm wow. I mean, the CD-ROM day and the dial-up
2: modem. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you've seen it all. Uh, so the way, what I have been thinking, that a lot of these projects in the space right now, right when, they, when they're minting, they're minting to get people like who are basically investors but they're treating them as customers so they're building the roadmap for investors but the investors don't care about the roadmap you know what i mean like it's like it's like as in like the investors all they care about is their money going up right and, and they're treating them as the customers whereas the customers is a completely separate audience what do you think about that is that something you you think you've seen that or
0: that all day. Uh, one of the things we're, we're focused on in the cohort now is separating out who your target customer is, who is going to really like what you have to offer. I mean, this is the only space where someone will give you money and buy your product that doesn't care about what you're doing, because they're speculating. Yep, that's like, and And that might've been all well and good a few months ago, but think about how you sit as a founder then you've got these people that are like, they're not a hundred true fans. They're actually creating noise for you. They're creating heartache for you. They're creating FOMO and fear around your real customers. Um, I love the bear market we're in and the reset on the market because we're, we're taking founders back to first principles of who do you really want to sell for? Do you want those speculators there or not? And there are, there may be some different dynamics on the NFT you create to attract more or repel more. Um, and I think the last two weeks in NFT has been super, cause anyone building a real company is like, you know what, I cannot compete with the ugly free goblins that are peeing on each other and the actual pile of shit that people are buying. So good. Yeah. Let's go focus on our customers and what we want to sell them. So it's been helpful.
2: Hey, if you're but, if you're a DJ, though, you're laughing right
0: now, right? Oh, total! Oh, you're living your best life. This is amazing. <laughs> but I, if it kind um, of, we're all sort of. It also sort of shows
1: laughing. that, like you know, almost like anything is possible. Like anything, kind of catch.
0: <laughs> yeah, who like, I I don't know what it shows, but you know, I think you'll see more of them start to talk about it. Like we used to talk about our Kickstarter projects back in the day, right? I'm a Kickstarter founder, so. It is my, my backers who bought that product early, they all got delivered a product, but they felt like they were along for the journey. Um, we, is easier in the Kickstarter days because like what I sold was a, was a sports watch. So you knew you were buying a watch. There was no ability for you to sell that watch on a secondary market and hope you made twice as much money. So it sort of smoothed out expectations. Um, where I'd like to see us get to is that founders are, cl- clearer like meta angels has been in their words of you know we're selling you a thing and that thing is yes maybe community crowdfunding this other stuff you were building but you're buying that thing because you believe in our mission and that thing has value to you yeah um will we get to a place where it could be crowdfunded equity i hope i i hope we do uh and i think there are ways to get there now it's um the market's been so bullish no one no one has um Done the extra work to try them yet, and I think someone will. Sid, I'll it's, just leave it at that.
2: You, you know, you know what's uh, interesting about the whole. When I actually think about this as well, because when you think about like goblins, right, like. Like my mm-hmm. mind kinda goes, you know, it's it's all try not to. It feels, it feels great when you are when you when you got in, right? It's like you're like, Yes, this is amazing. But if you didn't get in, then you'll watch it and you're like, like, this is this is so bad. This is why is this happening? But the way yeah. I look at it is I think as long as the intention is, hey, there is no utility here, right? So people know what they're getting mm-hmm. into. It's just like yeah. it's like just like, Hey, it's I'm gambling. You know, it's just, this is like yeah. This so is like, fuck you, money. And, and you know, one of, if I, same mm-hmm. thing, right? if I take 10 of these bets, yeah. one of them will, and it will pay off, right? Yeah. And it's fine if you have made enough money and you can play with it. It's obviously it's mm-hmm. obviously hard for somebody getting in or then they see that happening. So if, you, if you're not doing your homework and if you're one of those persons who's just like trying to get rich quick, you're probably going to get eaten up and you're going to be the last person sitting yep. in like you know, standing on in a game of musical chairs. But uh, yep. yeah, but it's kind of how I look at it. So, but I think it's, I also think we it's an interesting point though that it does say anything is possible in this. Place. It
0: really does.
2: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's
0: each our job to know ourselves, to know where we want to play and where not, right? Like yeah. the ultimate measure of adulthood. Am I the person that should buy the free poop or not? Yeah. Hmm.
2: Hey, but like, you know, I I think personally, I've, I've been to Vegas three times and I haven't, I've legit haven't put a dollar in a, in a gambling machine and, and like in a, sorry, in a, Slot machine or like any kind of gambling, and and I saw myself gambling hard in NFT last one year. But then I was like, then I got a little smarter, and now I'm like, I'm gonna take ten percent of my NFT winnings, and this is gonna be my fuck you gambling. You know, if I lose it, I don't care. It's, it's uh, you know, it's from profits. But now it's Definitely. good because now it's like okay, now I'm like now I've kind of like I'm gambling, but from the right perspective. So it's not as bad as it as it would have been if I'm like I'm trying to get rich quick. So I don't know. That's how I look at it. Yeah. but Yep. My opinion. But having said that, I
0: think that's. I think that's a totally fair market. It's um, it's a tough time to be a founder in the space though, because they're they're moving between those two worlds, and no one's done a great job of separating them.
2: I also think it's um, scary being a founder, right? Like I I have thought about this quite a bit. Where when you're building a legit company, you have to offer value to your to your your people, right? And and, we're, mm-hmm. and it's so really hard because right now we we because we're still figuring it out. So we don't know what that how that what that value even looks right now, right? And so it's a little mm-hmm. like, in my opinion, it's a little scary being a founder because you're if, what if is your identity is on the line? What if you are not able to find that value and people are not looking at you the same way they would look in a, in a Web2 world because these are not right. like, these are not like, you know, uh, uh, investors who are like your normal investors. These are like everyday people. Right. It's a whole different, mm-hmm. in my opinion. What do you think about that,
0: actually? Right. No, it's 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 like, I call it the double black diamond space of startups. It is all the super hard stuff of building a startup. Plus you're like, you're trying to figure out how to write the playbook on technology with completely new capabilities, and you're navigating this space where there's not a clear separation between customers, investors, and speculators, right? You've got three things in the mix. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even in the web two world, you got great, you have customers and investors. They're usually separate. If they merge, it's because you've community funded somehow, so they're your super fans, but they know their lanes right there's some clear separation there that's, um it's a beautiful yeah, it's really hard it's yeah. hard to navigate
2: that's a beautiful way to put it i i that's really nicely said yeah um, oh thanks yeah. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs>
2: do you want to take over for the companies
0: yeah let's talk about my companies <laughs> like i got i got 16 little well, chicken buns so about... we're gonna
2: shell every one of them in this episode we gotta make this happen
0: yes every <laughs> single one so
1: the one you have behind you i think that's the first one that's coming out right
0: Yes, I've actually got two behind me, but the the first one coming out is Dumpster Fire NFT. Uh, It's Kolodny's company. Um, That one, I'm going to be, and he will not have a problem with me saying this. They were the ones, they were the last ones we accepted in. This was the one that like the Angel Labs team and the Meta Angels team were were on different sides of this fence initially. Um, He's an amazing founder. Like he's a real life artist and sort of a big deal. He's open nightclubs, he's open restaurants. I mean he knows the test and learn. he knows failures the best lesson. Um, and the project's awesome. So it's it's a social game. It's designed for you know I mean he'll he'll do the spiel better better than anyone else, but it's for, it's for traders. It's a total degent social game. What's the crap in your wallet? The total dumpster fryer projects you bought into that went to zero. And can we build a social game around it to sort of make fun of our failures, but where you can win real ETH? Um, and it's got the game dynamics are super smart. The game changes every few weeks. Um, he's got the game dynamics set up that, you know, whales will win, but also regular people. Um, and they're cute little, I mean, completely metaverse ready NFTs. CCO. So totally memified I mean, You're- it's an amazing project and it, it looks like, it looks, it looks like a decent trader play on the surface, but the, the humanity behind it of like, we all make mistakes. Let's have fun. Maybe like make a little money, clean it up our mistakes. And yeah, I think they're, they're going out to mint on um the 16th, probably in two weeks. two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. They're the first ones out the door to mint. Um, and these guys are so, I mean, this is the, you know, this is the, Solidly web three, right? You are selling to people that have been in the space, you know,
2: nice and have
0: junk sitting around in their hidden folder. I'm gonna it's go super fun. i to go
2: chat about my crypto poops from last year that I,
0: uh,
2: I got yep. to thanks to Kissmetrics, who I believe was a.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am sure there'll be a whole month of, of what poops did you buy, and you can win ETH. I mean, like, he's giving a huge portion of mint proceeds and secondaries go back to the prize pool. Very cool. So if you know you can make a little money back or revive some projects that are sort of hanging out on the floor that don't deserve to be there, it's an amazing thing.
2: Very cool, and awesome. they're
0: cute. Cool. Who has cute dumpsters?
2: <laughs> Love <Loving>. it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's yep. the that's the game. And what about uh, the other one, Misfit yeah. Misfit Robots? Oh, robots, sorry.
0: Robots. Yeah, you guys are good. You know my companies. Yeah. So the first one was Dumpster Fire NFT, which is a, probably just the perfect name for anything right now. Um, and then Misfit Robots, they're those two companies are actually in my mind sort of correlated because there's a strong mental health component to both of them um misfit robots um it started out like you know we all have our you know our weaknesses and it's really grown they've become like the outsourced mental health as a service providers for on discord um so that that they know what their mission is. It's, you know, sort of human support, peer support and counseling, therapist counseling. Um, We were actually first exposed to them because there was an incident on the Meta Angels Discord and someone sort of gave a little cry for help in one of the channels. And the Meta Angels moderator knew about misfit robots, called them in. They did like, you know, sort of one-on-one just talking to this person, right? Like sort of crisis hotline and just... Turned a situation that looked like it could be scary and turned it around, and that's how we learned about them. Um, it's just an amazing team—half, um, half, half professionally trained therapists, half peer therapists. You know, recovering alcoholics. You know, so with some kind of you know so, addiction they've overcome in their past. Um, very and cool. just super thoughtful.
2: Very cool. So, how does NF- that one's
0: going to be fun to see how it evolves?
2: Yeah. How does how does NFTs come into picture? Because this is like a like a web two product in a sense, right? And now we're it Yeah.
0: Well, that's so interesting. I would say this is one of those teams that's going through the, hey, we thought we were doing a, you know, X thousand unit PFP project. And gosh, what is our business really now? Yeah. And what is this how does this play into it? How does this PFP? I mean it's a it's super cute 3D robot, right? Like this is it's sort of cute. Um it has no feet, but <laughs> um, they're going through that thought process right now. And did you know, is this robot a subscription for the individual to be part of their community? Is it a is it a crowdfunding mechanism because you want them to build, you know, really build out these tools in this software company? Um, yeah, they're in the middle of that process right now.
2: Makes sense. Yeah. Could...
0: And you know, is there something that goes along with it? Is there a you know software subscription card that? web3 communities buy to get the misfit robots working their site makes sense they're, make, they're they're figuring it out
2: yeah one thing i one thing i love about it i think that's such an interesting thing because once the business model gets figured out that'd be really cool because then you can kind of see it helps more companies with like you know amazing uh, initiative like this but like one thing i love about it is see i, I don't know if you agree with, this, with me on this or not but i think that when Instagram launches NFTs or any kind of, when, when mm-hmm. it becomes a part of the mainstream social experience, I think people are going to yep. be, you know, showcasing their, um, call it their hobbies or their their, their Digital
0: collectibles, I right. think is the official term. Yeah. yeah,
2: like, I mean, but I'm saying they will be showcasing their identity through these NFTs, yes. right? So I think it will yep. become, in, in, uh, there's a book by, um, I think it's called Contagious. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and they talk about, like, when you make things public, that's how kind of virality happens. So I think it's yep. very interesting once you're making this public, like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. okay with being, like, I, I, you know, I'm going through this mental health issue. And that's, that's okay. It's, it's normal. And, okay. and right. And then you make that public that yep. kind of drives other people to say, oh, it's okay. And then they kind of jump in. So I can see that being a thing yep. in the future. And I see how NFTs can really help with that once that becomes a visual layer. Um, because right oh. now, you just can't go and put something like that on Instagram because it's it's not, in the context is not there. It's out of it's out of context, right? right? Uh, so it right. makes yeah. all sense there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it'd be cool to see how the business model evolves and how that kind of ties it. And
0: yeah. yep, yeah, I mean they're evolving really quickly and just really thinking how their brand ties into the you know the behavior they want their community have around their NFT. But they're they're definitely viewing it the way you described as a um, like a badge or a logo that I'm that I'm a safe space that you know I'm not judging i'm welcoming um maybe that i've even been trained as a helper
2: yeah and it goes back to the culture thing you were talking about right it's like you having the badge your logo probably has values and the culture so you have to kind of abide yeah. by it and and yeah that's very yeah. very cool. i see you. yeah
0: yep and they've been pretty deliberate about building that culture um and it's just it's so fun to have them in the cohort because they're working through this live and in real time they're one of the projects that sort of their core remains the same and because they're such a strong founding team, they're like, oh, let's ask a new set of questions to figure out how to get from A to B in the best way. Got it. Very so I'm excited about that project. Amazing. And also they're really cute. We've got a bunch of cute stuff. And again, last yeah. two weeks, cute stuff hasn't been in vogue, but I think it's coming back.
1: Looking through other um, companies, the one that I think st- stood out to me the most was um, Legacy Leaders, because I like how they had um, mm-hmm. a very clear like, two and a half minute intro video on their Twitter. Um, So if you want to expand more about, you know, what they're all about.
0: Yep. They're, they're a great company. This is a case of like super, super experienced founders, Um, husband and wife team. They've been multifamily real estate investors for, yeah, I don't know how many years, 10 years. They run $160 million of multifamily real estate syndicates. They're also really into NFTs. And in this space, they're like, look, all of our friends have made so much money in NFTs. They want to diversify their investments. How do we marry those two worlds together? Um, So, again, another company, they know what their mission is, which is, you know, to bring, educate people on multifamily real estate, build multifamily real estate syndicates. And they want to bring those people from the NFT and the Web3 community. Those things have not changed. How to what's the right NFT project to build bridge those people over is the part that's a work in progress. They're yeah. another one Ten, two months ago, three months ago, it was a 10,000 PFP.
1: And I like how we'll they see
0: what it comes out of how
1: they broke it down into already like they have like different phases of their projects. First, starting right. out, how do we get educate you know NFT investors now into more real estate investing? Mm-hmm. And like we yep. want to make a DAO, but it's we're not fair. going to rush it. We have you know once we do everything we're seeking out mm-hmm. to accomplish first, then we're going to be very yeah. smart about launching a DAO type of thing. So that's what I really yep. liked about that video. Like an obvious
2: thing I think about in the future, which probably is a security issue right now, probably, but in the future I can see like you know uh, houses being or real estate being, uh, like a, a real estate being an NFT and have different you know uh, or like X amount mm-hmm. of NFTs and you buy one one that's share true. of a of a of a property, right? Um, and so I I can see an advantage of that would be like you sell your shares. You can get out Mm -hmm. liquidity basically. Right. Is there anything else that you've, while you were thinking about this company or talking to this company where they chatted about like something they think about what's going to happen in the future with real estate market and how NFTs can play a role?
0: I mean, I think we all believe that parts of it are going to be fractionalized. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's either a single property or shares in a fund. I mean, we think it's all going there. The The real, the benefit of working with a team as experienced as they are, as Peely and Jason are, is they know all this already, right? They're sitting on $160 million of syndicates already. They know the laws. They know how to structure this stuff. Um, so when folks, you know, Join and learn from them, and maybe decide later to invest in one of their syndicates. You know, I'm using my words carefully because I don't know the the right lines of the words like they do, but we can feel, you know, absolutely confident in that because this is their business.
2: That's very, Um, I I, I see what you mean. And I
0: think it's those kind of teams that are going to, you know, push, um, figure out how to make those use cases come to life. In a safe and legal and really easy to understand way, because they know the foundations, they're not making it up as they go.
2: Yep, makes Um,
0: sense. And that's coupled to they're very HGTV ready. My 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 bet on this is they end up with a TV show like Chip and Joanna.
2: Well, interesting.
0: Like they're 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 that caliber, like. Very cool, like Chip and Joanna meets Property Brothers or something. They've got it. So you're hearing it here. If you, when you guys see them on TV, you say, "Oh yeah,
2: we us." We're going to be playing this clip dated back in, in three years from now. <laughs> we're going to turning this into an NFT. This is the first time we talked about it. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Talking about TV shows, uh, I'm sure a lot yeah. of people have seen that cacao farmer um, um, like episode on Netflix and like how they're mm-hmm. treated and 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 whatnot. And so yep. when I saw. Hugh Kitchen, what they're doing. I I wanted to, like, kind of like, one, understand, like, again, how are they using NFTs? But one thing is always, you know, originally I was born in India and, you know, I've seen, like, the farmers, how, you know, how they're Mm -hmm. back in the, I'm probably pretty sure now now as well, but how they were treated and how, like, you know, things were taken away from them because Mm -hmm. they were not educated. Uh, And I understand the importance of, like, you know, that provenance of, like, you know, where it came from and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. being on the blockchain. But I always ask myself this question and I wondered if you ever thought about this while you were chatting with them is, um, if that's kind of how it goes, um, who is when the example, in this case, like when the beans get created, how does that get, who goes and like puts that on the chain? Like how, cause they, it's not the farmers who want to do that. Right. So how do we, wh- is there, how does that kind of work? I'm, yeah, I always think about this quite a
0: bit. They are not looking to put supply chain on chain. Okay. Their real mission is how do they as a, a brand and as part of, a um, an ecosystem play in the space to improve the lives of the folks doing the farming. Right. And so this is and every, I there's other CPG companies thinking about this too. And if you go through the traditional supply chains, there's all these middlemen. So no matter how much money you pay your supply chain, yep. the folks on the end are squeezed Yep, web three gives an ability to make a different flow of funds happen right i mean there's there's web three protocols that put universal basic income in the digital wallets of you know of folks in you know in bad jobs and you know low wage economies
2: got it um
0: and i think that that's the frame to look at this in. you know can they can they activate a community and, and start funneling money to improve workers' lives yeah. in a different way without all the middlemen.
2: Uh, that's very cool. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I can't say any more than that yeah. except that um, we, we think uh, we spent a bunch of time on it in the last 24 hours, and we think we uh, clicked the unlock on what the NFT experience is and the product is in a way that creates a regenerative money machine on one end to fuel regenerative income and economies on the other end and like it's it's gonna be really cool like i was just squealing about this an hour before we got on the this phone is, I this think is we, what i meant that like the, code.
1: the goblins show like anything could be possible what you're explaining is completely novel and new this could be you know another you know massive hit type of thing oh,
0: oh when you it. when you see it too you're gonna like want to play you get it's really good it's really good that's very interesting. It's that. That the, that's gamification and goodness in it and connectivity. It's so good.
2: And I also love like what you said in the start, again, going back to first principles, I like how you're saying this. Basically, the problem is this. And then we have the technology now, which things, certain things are possible. It's obviously going to mm-hmm. get improved. And you're saying, okay, well, how do we solve this problem while using technology to make it like, you know, like, again, looking at from like, the, what's the challenge here is how do we get the money directly to these farmers? Yep. Uh, yep. That's a very, very cool way to approach it. I, I love this, yeah, that's very awesome.
0: It's. I think it's even more important for a company like that because, I mean, they're a national, they're an international brand, right? This is not a startup. This is, you know, they're a division of Mondelez. So this is also big CPG entering into Web3 and what do they need to think about coming into that space and what does it mean? And, you know, their take has been, and this is the reason they're part of Angel Labs is, we need to come in it from a really organic and native space. We can't think like a bunch of big brands or web two people just coming in and trying to, you know, swipe into the zeitgeist. It's, yeah. we need to build from first principles in a way that also supports their brand.
2: Yeah, that's one of the conversation by the way, I had with, uh, we had with Allison, where one thing that I, I we kind of we were chatting about was, you know, where are these CPG brands, like when they're coming into space, where are they learning from? And that's, again, kind of goes back to like from, uh talking about another advantage of like you know angel labs where once you as you start having these conversations you you're basically it's like you're getting all this data at one place and now anybody who wants to come in the space who's a who wants to do it the right way and wants to learn so again becomes a place where they can get their education which i think is really
0: interesting it is it's actually you know we had again you know we have two big we have two big cpg brands in the cohort um and we talked to, talk to a third that's not in. Um, and the question we asked them is, why would you do angel labs? Right? Y'all have money. You can go hire some fancy agency to bring you into Web3. And the answers were the same. It's We want to understand how to unlock the amazing things that the ethos of the technology. And we want to do it in a really native way. And the way to do it is act like a startup and be in it. Just really be deeply in it that makes sense? Which which I loved. I was super excited about that answer. Because I have to say, when they first came, I was like, yeah, why are you talking to us? You can't go to a fancy agency. What is it? And especially on Hue now, as, I've, as as we've evolved it together, I was like, yeah, there is no way in the world they would have gotten this out of an agency. You needed to come from that organic first principles looking forward to playing.
2: value in Pepsi's amazing NFT drop? Come on,
0: Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Chocolate, oh my gosh, it's gonna, it's gonna, oh, it's so good. It's ooh. so good.
1: I guess we could, uh, this is a good uh segue into Chroma Signet, the other
0: CPG. Yeah, well, actually, if since we're talking about CPG in this way and we talked about Hugh, let's talk about Shiba Hope Grows because I think those projects are parallel. Okay, um, so Hope Grows again, amazing. Did you know that like Mars brand spent 15 years developing technology that regrows coral reefs? Who knew they can regrow a completely dead coral reef in 18 months. Oh my gosh. Like I did not know. Um, and the way they build and install these they're they're built with materials that you can find locally and they can be rebuilt by local communities. So they're regrowing a reef in Indonesia. All the manufacturing for the reef growing stars is done locally. All the installation is done by the local community. They're paid for it, and it's like regenerating their economy because they've, they've got these jobs, and then tourism comes back, and education comes back. And like this is what Mars has been investing money in for 15 years. Who knew? The, now they're adding a Web3 element, so the, the so real people. Talking about Mars, the... the candy bar, but uh, the, brand, the brand that this is under is Sheba Cat Food. Oh, interesting. And their mission to protect and preserve the oceans. Because cats like fish, right? So that's, I mean, that's, that's the tie, right? Yeah. We need healthy oceans because we need fish because cats like fish and it's their premium cat food brand.
2: Got it. Um,
0: this was the last thing we expected to see apply. Right. Yeah. Right. And the, the team, actually the team that works at shiba we had recognized them from around sort of the web three Twitter space. There are a bunch of Web three, Twitter, NFT people like us that promoted this through a big corporation and said, "Hey, this is the right place for us to jump into Web three. Let's get community support around rebuilding the coral reefs." And I told you, we saw five coral reef projects we said no to. Yeah. So even in the NFT com- community, there is a lot of passion for coral reefs. Very. Yeah. That's
2: that's. I would have so, not guessed that. Yeah. That's. Uh, like how do you, it's
0: amazing right
2: yeah, it's amazing
1: yeah it's
0: amazing yeah it's amazing we're like i was like i stopped him for the interview i was like you can regrow coral reefs they're like yep invented that technology here's our scientist here's our research team like who knew
2: huh. and so, so the, now
0: the community can help fund and expand it
2: got it very cool so would that be like more like a philanthropic
0: i would view it the same way i view Hugh. They're doing something really cool on the nft side that creates this regenerative source of capital and then they're passing it through in a very web three way decentralized finance kind of way to create a regenerative economic impact on the ground in the communities that they that they grow their cacao in Sheba's doing the same thing um you know i think the closest way to ex- describe their NFT is they're selling a digital aquarium Mm -hmm. and that digital aquarium and the funds raised from that are going directly into the communities, rebuilding their own coral reefs using the Shiba technology. Think think about the, the regenerative nature of that, right? Your reefs grow back, your fishing industry comes back, your tourism industry goes back it becomes regenerative and sustainable. Yep. Like, boom, mind blown.
2: Sorry, can you expand on the digital aquarium part? I, I did not get that. What, is, what do you mean by that again?
0: Um, and that's how to think of their NFT. I think the best, the easiest way to think about it. I can't say much more than that because there's still stuff we're figuring out. But think about it like that. You as the consumer say, I care about the coral reef. Well, let's go buy a digital aquarium. Oh, I see. That's my NFT. Ah,
2: I see what you mean. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah, because we love the ocean and we love these things. And just think of the cool things you can do with NFT and the concept of digital aquarium or regenerative fish and coral. Um, I think it's going to be really fun and interesting, but again, think about that economic impact and the environmental impact, Very. it becomes sustainable.
2: Very cool. Makes so. Makes total sense. Awesome. Should we jump into the next?
0: Yeah, well, let's go. You guys went to Chroma. Yeah. yeah. Um, these guys are great. This is, this is the one company in the cohort eh, maybe two, one of two companies in the cohort, I would really call picks and shovels. They're building infrastructure for CPG. Um, they can, they can QR code an individual NFT on every physical package. Okay. It, it's mind blowing. They've, they're a company that has been building product for a number of years and the market, hasn't been quite ready yet. The market's ready now. Um, they've made a name for themselves in cannabis, a place where the brand can't talk directly to their consumer yet, and they can't market directly. So it was a great testing ground for this technology. Um, I think we'll just see them go more broad-based. broad, broad based. It's really cool. Like you, I mean, I, we should have had them on to do a demo. It's amazing. You scan the QR code. They can print a different QR code in every package. You scan the QR code, and all of a sudden you have a NFT in a full custody wallet. And if you would like to transfer that NFT to your wallet, you can absolutely do that. Um, and those NFTs can gate communities, you know, confer benefits, but in the process, the brand, they get your email address, they find out who you are. It's really well thought out and really well executed. It's really mature technology, um, ahead of the market, but not anymore.
2: Very cool. Um- Talking about CBD, uh, I think also Potley Night Market was in the CBD.
0: Yeah, Potley. Um, A really amazing founder has um, an artisan um, enhanced food brand. She's got super famous, um, super famous CBD infused honey. Um, She's got these amazing fly off the shelves, CBD shrimp chip snacks, which is, you know, sort of the (laughs) When do I want snacks? Oh, I'm getting CBD snacks. This is amazing. She wants her community to help with product development. How do you get early access to her stuff? So this will be a case um, where you can get early access to products and also you can buy the NFT to redeem for a product. Um, I think it's an amazing brand building. It's an amazing crowdfunding mechanism. It's also an amazing brand building mechanism um, the art's beautiful it's store and lore and lore built around a night market. Um, like the, the, the art was to die for where I see that one going, it's going to be the template for every new food brand to crowdfund their brand, find their true fans, get them involved in the process, but also reward them. And the great with redemption.
2: Yeah. And the great thing about a product like that is, especially as we kind of evolve is Finding users, it's 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 not like, you know, you know, what I mean, it's, it's like you know who yep. the are they eat so they eat the CBD, yep. they're into CBD, right? So like, yep, yep, so that probably is the market evolves, It shouldn't be that hard in the sense. Yep, yeah.
0: yep, and there's products. I mean, there's products you can't advertise on regular channels because they're still regulated at the federal level. So this allows her to go directly to customers and just create a really immersive experience all around.
2: That's a that's a great point.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, that one. That one is evolving um, quickly, but it's it's gorgeous. And like, you, sometimes you meet one of those amazing founders, and you are like, "Oh my gosh, she knows her business inside and out. She's got a much bigger vision than meets the eye, and she's like super, super dedicated." Like, I think she becomes a template for the rest of CPG. Love it, love
2: it. Um, there was one that I thought was pretty interesting, although I am not a gamer, but I thought it was uh, Promise Fair, uh, Visual Resume. Yes. How does that work?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually saw a demo yesterday morning at 7 a.m. because they're in Singapore. And that seems to be the time. It's like 11 for them and it's 7 for me and it all works out well. Um, they are a gamer guild. Um, they've got ties on the the founder's girlfriend's a pro gamer and they're all gamers. And it, the other co-founder was from Financial Services so it's a play to, it's a, it's a play to earn platform um, what they want to do with their nft is be the players you know lifetime portable resume for their in game accomplishments because if they can showcase their in game accomplishments across games and marketplaces they can earn they can get better investors in their play to earn equation and they can earn a bigger share of their they can hold a bigger share of their earnings um, I, I can't speak to you know play to earn and game, game five that that smoothly, um, but it's a big vision. Think of it as think of it as like LinkedIn for gamers, right? All your gamer accolades is in the data, yep. and then you can swap in and out a different PFP on it, and the PFP will take on some of the characteristics of your online resume. So yep. you can look at the PFP and say, oh, is this a new gamer that's not very good, or is this the best gamer in the game that I could bet on?
2: I, I remember, um, remember um, reading the Masari report last year, and they had something in there where they, built, like you know, they were talking about this is going to be a future where you're going to be basically not let's call it betting, or let's call it like you know, let's some some programmers coming out of school, and you're like, hey, rather than going to university, you come work, and you can bet on you can bet on the person, and you know, and and, and you know what I mean? That's probably going to be a future uh, we're going to we're going to have at some point in our, in our life. So I can totally see, like 'cause because I you know, as we are moving more and more towards. Uh, digital world and, and gaming is becoming already has become but like becoming bigger and bigger sport right um, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be call it like similarly like any, any other sport like let's say basketball with LeBron James is gonna be LeBron James in the gaming ecosystem right or well, it probably is already I'm, yep. I'm not a gamer so I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody here yep. but 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 I can totally see that will be a thing where we'll be betting on like you know uh, or like or maybe taking percentage of their winnings in the future or something like that so that makes a lot of sense with that, having the resume part uh, show their
0: right i mean
2: yeah
0: yep if you've got a robust in-game economy and you've got investors that want to have an investment in that economy i mean they can't sit and play the games they're going to hire a guild to play for them so who do you want in your guild i mean you want the best ones there how do you show off that resume um and how do you get liquidity to those players yeah Um, this was another one that i think surprised us overall because i mean let's be clear i mean you've met allison and alex and me none of us are gamers um, I'm, I'm the one that have kids that are gamers and they're casual compared to real gamers. Um, it was the intelligence behind the platform they're building. And again, there was a mission driven aspect. They're super motivated because people are, you know, paying for houses for their moms and sending their sisters to school off of their game earnings. Um, and they've got special insight to the gamer world and to the finance world to be able to bring it together. So you know, it's great. I think it's gonna be a fun project.
2: I, I have started. I've never played games in like like video games in my life, but lately I've just like started playing some few games just so that I can get airdrops. Air so it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like, yep. how does this thing work? I'm not even a gamer, but I'm like, ah, they might do an airdrop. Might as well like play for a little bit, and it's it's so yep. funny, but uh, but yeah.
0: Uh, if they create that robust economy there their gamers can trade the airdrops they get in for the cash they need right again building new economies in different parts of the world
2: so love that
0: it's really cool yeah they're (laughs) perfectionists i saw a sneak peek of their art yesterday and i mean they're perfectionists
1: i like the the order of, of ink um i liked i've been seeing like a couple of like tattoo focused Projects pop up recently, so that one caught my eye. Yeah.
0: Yep, they're um, they're early stage, but you totally get the premise, right? You've got a a group of artists who are limited in their earning potential. You've got a world of fans that I mean, people are passionate about tattoo art. So, how you know can you create that that artist owned marketplace platform as well as creating a whole new market for their art? It's a new kind of creator who's not digitally native and bringing them to new sources of revenue and new markets yeah. and giving them ownership of that underlying platform, which is at sort of the essence of what we should be doing in Web3, right?
2: Yeah. And I mean, also one interesting thing is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like if I would think about this, can this be done in a Web2 world, but if there was a mark tattoo marketplace in a Web2 world then you don't really own it because as soon as you put it, anybody can, you know, I mean, still anybody can steal it, but now actually you have authenticity that you actually own it because you bought that art. Yep. Um, just like, yep. Cool. Yep.
0: Um, and then you can build some gamification and rarity in it. you bring it to metaverse. So I think yeah, there's something there
2: stuff there. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, what's the next one? Traveling diary.
0: <gasps> see every company you say, I'm like, Oh, and that one's my favorite and that one's my favorite. Um, <laughs> This one is one, like I'm not a, like a a sappy oxygen network, lifetime network kind of gal, but this one got me choked up every time the founder talked about it. So this founder feeling isolated during COVID wanted to tell her story. And she thought maybe other women wanted to do that too. So she started, she found strangers to send a written diary to like it's a, it's a black and white composition notebook. And it's now, there's now 47 of them that have been traveling the globe for the last two years. A woman gets it. She writes her story at it, takes a picture of it, sends it into sort of, you know, central, sends the diary off to her local country manager who sends it on to the next person. It is a traveling diary, 47 of them. I think 1400 women have written in them or something. Wow. And it's just amazing handwritten body of content of stories and hopes and dreams with illustrations in it. Um, and a founder who deeply believes that creators should get paid for their work and that women deserve to have their stories heard. And that's, that's what I'll leave it with for now. But um, it's chilling to hear her talk about it. Hmm, that's it, it, It's so real. It's so real.
2: And, and it's also interesting because it's travelers, right? As people who, is it travelers who are writing writing this or? No, the
0: diary travels. Right, traveled. It's just regular everyday people. Yeah. She had a diary that was in Ukraine the day the bomb started to fall. Wow. Like I mean, that's, I mean, she's got a record of two years of pandemic through the eyes of women all around the world, all socioeconomic backgrounds. And it's still traveling she's got a wait list of like 1400 women waiting to get the diary and they wait for months to get it.
2: So, sorry, how, how does that, how does that wait list work? Like how do they, how do they. Uh,
0: Secret society of women. I can't tell you. Uh, gotcha. All right. It's, I mean, it's, it's an entirely paper and stamp based business. And she has this huge vision, how to bring those stories out to the world and get the writers of the stories paid for them.
2: It, got it.
0: it. I don't know where this one's going to go.
2: Yeah, it, her
0: vision is spot on, and she's a great founder because she tests little pieces of it all the time. She's always testing.
2: It kind of gives me that vibes um, of humans of New York kind of kind of vibes in a sense. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. It will give you chills to hear her talk about it. Very very cool.
2: Um, awesome. Um,
1: what who are we missing here? Uh, I see. I see. Liquid collections. I think that was I could find the least amount about that one.
0: Yep. Uh, they're being a little bit quiet about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, think of, you know, NFT brands married to liquor and then tokenizing premium distilled spirits to be tradable, shareable, collectible. Hmm. They're a little bit stealth. I can't say more than that right now.
2: I think I kind of understand. I think what you mean is like, let's say a very expensive collection. Is that like an expensive bottle?
0: Or or just a custom collection custom. associated with some of your favorite Web three brands.
2: I think I have
0: Sivu. Sivu play. play. Yeah, um, they are custom one-on-one NFT art, um, body positive. So the, the deal is, you know, they'll have a commissioned artist that's agreed to do, you know, a certain number of one-on-ones, you send in the picture of your choice they'll apply their style to your picture, and then you'll have a NFT back that you can keep or gift or lend or multiply and resell. Um, The focus really is artistic body positive art. Cool. I think that's the whale. But again, another great founder, she's testing and learning. She's like, maybe it doesn't end up being body positive art. Maybe you can send us a picture of your pet or your kid or, but I mean, but, but let's be clear on body positive art, you know, our comment was artistic airdrop nudes. Hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 60% of millennial women send those around. So there is clearly, you know, a desire for it. What if you could control that once you sent it? What if you could a make it artistic, but B burn it or take it back?
2: Huh? I did not know huh. 60% of the women. All
0: of a sudden something is in your control. And that's sort of amazing. Very cool. You can express yourself and yet be in control. Um, cool. Yeah, the, I think there's a, I, this is one of those ones. I mean, because you're you're YC founder, so you'll know. Like, you get in the market and you you figure out where the market is. You pivot, you change, yeah. you grow. I, I don't know the where this one yeah. I think there's a really core, cool idea.
2: In my opinion, it's not about, like, what, where this somebody is at right now. It's, like, how are they thinking? How are they learning? Because they're going to evolve. They're going to trade. They're right. gonna, yeah, I totally yep. get that. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, but I, I yep, like the. But it's,
0: it's, you know how, it's
2: kinda been how different directions kinda going in and like how they're thinking. That's that's very really cool to the you know, like what? Like yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think the notion of a giftable NFT, a take backable NFT, a custom that reflects you NFT, I think there's so many cool things embedded within that. And it's a showcase for artists. Very cool. Which is really cool too.
1: There's four left. Four? Islands see, of Cool is next. Yeah, Islands
2: of Cool and Democra-Dao.
0: democra Democra-Dow. Democra-Dow, yep. Democra-Dow. Yeah. Got,
1: Allison, yep. and we all grow.
0: We did make it through most of them. You guys are good. Oh, Islands of rolling. Cool, uh, Digital Carbon Sponge. Think about what Stripe is doing with their climate fund, but think of it for their Web3 space. I
2: actually, so, actually pulling don't know space. what Stripe is doing for their carbon fund. Uh,
0: they're taking a percent of their transaction fee and putting it into a fund that's investing directly in carbon removal. Okay. So none of this buried in the soil, plant a tree. This is, you know, we saw about eight NF trees projects. Um, this was the one taking the money and putting it towards actually scaling carbon removal and carbon removal technologies. Um, it's, it's a little bit more of a picks and shovel and in infrastructure play. Uh, again, a few different ways it could come out to market a few different ways an nft plays into that right it could end up looking like a you know a brandable identity thing maybe like robots there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of feeling out the edges of the best way to bring this to market but again a super great founder who has done all of her homework super passionate about the space um and has done her homework on where to put the money through this and how that that ecosystem and the costs work and she piloted it actually on um offsetting doing carbon removal for all your instagram and your twitter posts so you can buy her little token and make sure all your social media posting is carbon negative very cool um what's next democra dow so, i will say this team's a little bit behind the other teams because they had covid for the first two weeks of the program um seasoned political guys ran the Georgia recount effort from community volunteers on Slack. And they have a vision how to bring power back to the people, both in terms of rewarding people doing the grassroots works on the ground and allowing those people doing the actual grassroots grassroots work on the grounds to control where the funds go. So this is a full a full DAO. In my mind, I think like it's little nouns for your favorite political causes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Right. Um, And they know how to do PACs, and they know political organizing and they see the potential on web three where it's no longer the big donors controlling the money and the middleman political organization trying to tell people what to do because what they saw on the ground in Georgia for that recount was totally grassroots and it was amazing. Um, and they've got connections in Washington. So it's their chance to sort of profile the real uses of Web3. That's Not maybe some of the things we saw the last few weeks that don't make us look that good to the crypto legislators. <laughs> you inside traded and you did poop. Mm, guys. guys. <laughs> so,
2: That's great.
0: Yeah, they're a super cool team. Amazing. We got AmigaHood and Afropolitan. So um, and- AmigaHood, uh, an existing eight, 18,000 member community of Latina professionals, total web two community, they they need to bring their community to web three because it's where wealth is gonna create it, be created, it's where jobs are gonna be created. Um, I think the best way to sum this one up is like, they're gonna run uh, maybe a little bit like BFF. How do we onboard new women to web three? How do we connect that to them, you know, learning more about web three? How do we introduce our community to that? Um, So that one, that one's a little bit more, I would say of anything here, that's maybe the most straightforward one here. They've just got, they've got an amazing, an amazing community, an amazingly connected community. And this is their chance to bring them over in mass because none of these other mass market efforts have targeted Latina professionals and their families and their needs and how they learn and their ability, you know, their, how they trust, you know, trust each other. You trust your community.
2: And and how does this usually work? So like, would they go and drop example here an NFT to get them in the community? Or like, uh, for, like, as you said, they were not even on Discord, right? Mm-hmm. Or, so how would that work? And then also, right. how would they, how would the, if um, are they paying or how would the operating cost work? Like, how does that kind of model? Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I mean, they have a paid community already. Their community communi- communicates over, existing communication channels that they've already established okay um they they need to put the plan in place of how they onboard them to web3 you know is it an initial airdrop is there some you know learn to earn mechanics so i think that's going to be a fun one and i think it's going to be hugely hugely impactful and it's a big initiative to take off right i mean to bite off something like that
2: i love it it's a good fit because they're they're already in it for like learning and uh, the right reasons Makes sense Uh, last one unless we made it 16
0: afropolitan oh my gosh let's save the like save the biggest for last afropolitan is building a new digital nation i don't know if you saw their teaser video it dropped this weekend it will right it blows you away like create a world of abundance
2: i was gonna say i remember reading the article from bology about like a couple of years ago now because he he wrote it in his uh Mm -hmm of the Articles of One Nation State, and yep. and and it was cool that they mentioned it and that they were kind of taking inspiration from that. But uh, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah, I want to know more. What are they doing? How are they approaching this?
0: <laughs> They're yeah. starting to tease it online. I mean, let's be clear. They have an existing diaspora community that's huge. 40,000 people all over the globe have been in this community, and they've been doing events and networking and connections for years. Um, they have a big bi- vision to build a digital nation. And they're building it on mythology, and lore, and utility. Um, you know, I, I sort of know what's going into their NFT drop, which is a mix of yes, crowdfunding what they're doing, but also your entryway to your digital passport. There will also be some utility on it. They're you know working on a, a financial app and wallet because what do you do when you're a diaspora community? You send money home all the time. Um, And in this space, so interesting, right? But the diaspora community sending money home, they're less Web3 native than their families back at home. Because Africa works off of, I mean, Nigeria is one of the top, in the top five crypto adopting countries out there because they don't have a functional banking system. They don't have a unified continent-based currency. So they rely on, I mean, Crypto's been great for them. They can transact in stablecoin. They can track, you know, transact on volatile crypto. Um, there's, you know, whole whole protocols building lightweight mobile wallets for Africa. So they want to connect those two worlds. Very. But think about it. Like it's like your your grandma and your auntie want you to do crypto because you're sending money through the bank that they can't get the the money out of the bank, and the bank fees are really high like flips the whole flips the whole you know way of thinking on its head
2: i do Um, remember they're building a digital nation i do remember nigeria being one of the countries where they i don't know which app they use but they they were doing payments mobile payments that's what they were very uh they were the country used that i remember watching that reading that there's a lot of
0: valora in that part of the world like off of the cello chain oh lightweight yeah so it's gonna be i mean they're just i mean they're you know, uh, Chica, the founder, she's a 500 startups founder from back in the day. Um, her partner Eche has you know run this community and organized you know meetups and events and you know galas across the world for the community. So they are, I mean, and they are a robust team. Every they've got a fully staffed out team and they are moving quickly. Very, um, it's really awesome. It is the boldest biggest vision we saw, and we saw some big visions, and they're like, nope, we're building a whole digital nation, and I have no doubt they will do it, because it starts to make sense, right? Like, it doesn't matter where you are. All of a sudden, you're connected with people, and you're directing, you know, you've got a set of utility, and you've got, you're directing your money towards the causes that matter to you, and the things you want to build in this new world. Like, it just makes so much sense.
2: This might be a little naive question, but what does the goods and services like in a case of a digital nation what does that kind of look like
0: you know i think the thing they mentioned when when they applied and we've talked about a little bit with them is it's the the finance and the remittances is the first place got it makes to sense to unify their world makes right sense. like that's Around the world yep. so you, 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 you yep. to but it's i mean it's to it's to it's to network it's to fund businesses it's to get physical places it's to build infrastructure both online and for those physical spaces um it's all of it
2: very very cool
0: i mean you could think of you could think of hope grows that way right they're building a digital nation of people that care about coral reefs and the infrastructure they're building is they're rebuilding back coral reefs we've created our own micro economies of the things that matter because our countries have failed to do the work that we as humans want done on the planet the things that we want our money going towards so we're going to do them ourselves and create full economies around them not use them as you know Endless charities that money dumps into.
2: Makes sense. Amazing, okay. Cheryl. I want to be super respectful of your time. One last or yeah. two small, small questions for you. One is, what are your favorite projects projects in the space, uh, apart from your your mm-hmm. um, uh, cohort, and or something that you are bullish mm-hmm. on, like an NFT collection or something you hold? Like, what would you say that? And then also people in the space you respect, read or learn from.
0: Ah, that's such. Those are all great questions. Um, and particularly important, because what I've seen my job as the managing director of this cohort is to do is to almost try to be two steps ahead of where the companies can go because there's so much new information every day. Yep. And you know Whitney, Whitney my, my dev lead is you know researching the new technologies and tools every day. you know, Ava's going out and reading stuff and learning you know new markets and strategies. like we are trying to consume so much information. Yep. So um, some things I'm super bullish on. Um, I'm super bullish on IP NFTs. I would like to see a company, this is my shout out. I would like to see a company working on endometriosis research that wants to do IP NFTs to fund their research. I will drop everything and help that company. They they can build on a molecule platform. So bullish about that. The stuff VitaDAO is doing, but for a set of illnesses and conditions that are underfunded historically in the market because of, um gender and racial disparities that is the thing i am most bullish on that's going to go through the moon um so i like that um i am totally obsessed this week i'll be really clear obsessed this week with little nouns i think all you got to do is is jump in for two days and for me the synapse is connected on oh yeah these are all mini digital nations there's there's something fundamentally different happening there that you could feel right away when you're in the community. And I think there's stuff to learn from that. Um, what else? Those are my two, those are my two big things. I spent some time with, um, Amy Jung the other day from, uh, MakerDAO, formerly of MakerDAO talking about her structured framework that she's doing research on and pulling together around the evolution of DAOs. Um, which was just super interesting for me, but I want to see some more people doing, and maybe I'm part of the ones that should do that, but starting to put together these playbooks for learning to date. So innovation can happen faster. Um, those are the things I'm most bullish and excited about.
2: Amazing. So. And, and la- last question would be, what would be your advice to a Web 2 founder? Like how do they learn about this space if they're getting in?
0: Oh my gosh, get your hand dirty in everything right? Like everything, like learn. the only way you can get it from a deep ethos perspective is to live in it and play in it. Um, you know, every week I've got my own little homework and a new thing to try out and a new thing to figure out. And without touching it, you don't understand. You don't understand the edges, but you also don't understand the potentiality. Um, and some of it is a really different way of thinking. And once you get enough of that different way of thinking in, then you have that moment of, oh, and I have value in this space because it doesn't mean we throw out everything we knew before. Those same tenets, the same frameworks hold. We just have a whole new set of tools. Um, so that's what I would say. Love this. And bring your people on board, right? Crypto and Cocktails, I'm doing it every Wednesday night. If you're you know, a woman over 48 and you drink whiskey, I'll get on the phone with you and I'll set you up.
2: Yeah. I love this. <laughs> Thanks so much, Cheryl, for coming on the show. this was This was beautiful.